Welcome to The Disruptors, the podcast about the future of all of us, where we look at the technologies, trends, and societal norms shaping our collective future. Here, the world's top minds share their insights and predictions on the convergence, direction, and ethics of exponential technologies transforming life as we know it. You can learn more and stay up to date at disruptors.fm. Mirmani Press presents Death Donor by Matt Ward. More information on the author at mattwardwrites.com to purchase the complete audio adventure or to download the entire techno-thriller free with a free trial of Audible, visit deathdonor.com. Today's episode is brought to you guys by something new entirely, a new Alexa skill. I know a lot of you guys use Alexa to turn on Spotify or your living room lamps, but did you know you can sell real estate with it too? Home tour by Glasshouse Guide is an Alexa real estate skill and winner of the 2020 Stevie Awards for Tech Startup of the Year. They've been honored by the Webbies for one of the best technical achievements in apps, mobile and voice, and they help real estate agents and any home seller, if you want to cut out those horrible agents, market and sell their listings using Alexa. Try it out for yourself. Go to glasshouseguide.com and read about Home Tour. Try it out on your own Alexa smart home speaker. Hope I didn't trigger you guys there. And with COVID-19 here and social distancing the new norm, more and more of us, if we're looking to buy a house or sell one, would love to do it from the comfort of our own. So here, in addition to the pictures and text and descriptions, you can now let buyers have real conversations with Alexa about any real estate that they're looking at. It gets leads in the process, can help you sell your house. Visit glasshouseguide.com today. Again, that's glasshouseguide.com. And remember, just tell them the disruptor sent you. Intro. Murmani Press presents Neanderthal King by Matt Ward. More information on the author at mattwardwrites.com. You can purchase Neanderthal King in its entirety or download the entire audio masterpiece free with a free trial of Audible at neanderthalking.com. Want to follow along with Merrillick's adventure? For a limited time, Grab your free illustrated map of Tarkal and the Six Kingdoms of Septum by visiting mattwardwrites.com slash map. Again, that's M-A-T-T-W-A-R-D-W-R-I-T-E-S dot com slash M-A-P. But now, let's get on with the adventure. Chapter 2. Too Damn Crafty. Dozens of whinnies and knights cluttered the dusty streets as steeds reared and armed red-cloaked riders glared at villagers. Several of the bigger bastards rounded us up, brandishing swords and barking orders. But they hadn't seen me. I snuck behind the wattles toward our house and ran to our one window. Two knights held Yelanic and Vogaric hostage. Another searched the place, tossing our weapons in a disgraced heap in the centre of the room. Sharp buggers even thought to look under the kitchen bench and found despair daggers. Damn, Yelanik always said sapiens were too damn crafty. I had to get them out of here, had to think. A heavy hand clamped to my shoulder. Where do you think you're going? I spun, raising fists, wasn't going down without a fight. A gauntlet slammed to my stomach and knocked the wind out of me. The stout, long-armed knight with the fat face turned his weapon on me, pricked my throat. They're going to love you in the mines. A 
tingle shot through my bones. Not the mines. Anything but that. But what were Sap Knights doing here anyway? I sized the bastard up. He was taller than I'd expected. He laughed and shook his head. You lot could never hide your emotions. Haven't you heard? King's on the move again. Conquered Karenkel fortnight before last. Headed to Nelny as we speak. He was too far to jump him. Plus, with the blade, I had the height and weight advantage, but my reach was no match, even without his sword. Another knight, black-haired and vile, with a crooked nose and girly beard, appeared, ruining my plans. They forced me into our house and shoved me into a chair. Stubby yanked my hands behind my back and clamped iron cuffs on my wrist before jerking me to stand. Girly beard flared a sneer and raised his sword. No one reacted, so he kneed Yolanik's stomach. The frail elder crumbled, and Olaric leapt forward, shouldering the chicken-foot bastard to the floor. I stepped in front of my little brother, heart pounding as the other knight swung at Olaric. The blade took his forearm, and I lashed out as a muffled scream escaped Olaric's determined lips. The other knight stabbed him twice from behind. I shattered the fiend's jaw and sent him flying even as Olaric spilled out over the floor. A club imploded my head. Throbbing agony, fury, confusion. I fell. Hard. Brightness. Pain. I was shirtless, bent over the whipping block, bloodied hands cuffed on either side. A divided crowd of bitter silence and roaring jeers. The blonde knight stepped forward, beaded scourge in hand. Chicken skin rippled my exposed back as fear threatened. My clan looked on. Horrified eyes, angry eyes, silent hatred. You're lucky, boy, the big knight smirked. I'd have killed you if you weren't such a fine specimen. Perfect for the markets. Too valuable to kill. Twenty lashings ought to. Show him who's boss, Royce, someone yelled. More taunting laughs, which quieted to silent anticipation as my body tensed. Royce stepped towards me and swung the cutting scourge. Braced myself, arched my back. Blinding torment riveted through me, writhing spasms, heart thundering an impossible race. Again and again, another brain-ending agony as the lashing continued. But I wouldn't cry out, wouldn't beg or whimper, as rage engulfed me, saved me. At last the leering cur dropped the triple-strung torture. It's time to go. Someone unhooked my chains and I collapsed to the dusty earth. A slave, but never a coward. Struggling in sweat-soaked bloody torment, dirt biting at my wounds, a helpless nothing as my legs buckled once more. A broken slave. A failure. A guard jerked me to my feet and shoved me into the manacled procession. I'd never thought it could happen to us. All day along the bumpy road to Yorst, every step was misery. Sun beat down on my carved back in raw burns as my shirt's fabric lacerated me. 
We got there as locals were getting slapped into cuffs and kicked around in a similar fashion. Overheated, parched, body broken, but I said nothing. Wouldn't give them the satisfaction. Two headless bodies lay in the centre of the village. Elder men. The other villagers moved like sheep as arrogant knights raided their stores and gorged on boar, venison and beef, drinking and splashing ale in a right merry time. But old Larrick was gone. Dead. Not even earthed. We spent a horrible night in tossing sickness alongside the road as knights feasted on stolen sweets. Lying in my own filth and bile, reduced to nothing, less than a man. It was hard not to pine for earlier times. We'd been dominant once, according to Yelanik, but that had been long ago. Still, how had it come to this? Two nights a few paces further down were eyeing several of the finer tall women. I clenched my fist and signaled Jayalik. Over. Come here, I whispered. We'd heard the rumours. Sap men harming tall women. Worse than rape, thanks to the pestilence. But not her. Not my sister. I wouldn't let that happen. She rolled toward me, creased face saying everything, eyes like serving plates compared to her normal cool. Terrified, but too stubborn to ask. I clenched my hand into a fist and smashed her pretty face, once, twice, again. Contorting guilt as her eyes swelled shut and blood spilled down her lips. Thanks, she grunted, once we'd stemmed the bleeding. She was unrecognisable, almost as hideous as our captors. I was listening to the bastards earlier, she said. They're taking us to Akaj, the slave houses. Supposedly better prices. Her voice fell as a night came, glowered over us, and gave me a good kick. Spasms rocked me. Shh! Sleep! Tall! You'll need it! You'll be on your feet all morrow! Another booted kick and he was gone. Jay Alec's swollen eyes darted to the nearest knights. I wiped bloody knuckles and said nothing. It had to be done. Hopefully it'd work. A minute later, a short knight dragged a red-head tall to her feet, and his buddy yanked another. The women's men stood, but a slash to one man's stomach deadened the resistance in all of us as his innards spilled, raw acid filling the air. All was still after that. So began my life as a slave. The following knack time we reached Akaj. The endless straightaway up the sprawling city was packed. Saps and tall alike, carts and herds headed for the markets. Hundreds of tall like us clapped in irons. So many people. And saps everywhere. Several made me recoil and all glared back behind turned-up noses. Ugly noses. Most of them ignored us. As we got closer, a realisation. The sap women. There was something off about them. Long, billowed cloaks instead of trousers and shirts, and puffed-up hair pulled back, 
or styled in the most impractical way. They giggled as we passed. Spineless excuses for women. But the knight's heads cartwheeled to admire their wide bottoms and hips. Past a carter, Akaja's great stone wall came into view. Massive, least five men high. A city, an actual walled city. Looked impenetrable. Yet the walls weren't tall built. Rough edges and uneven ramparts. Shoddy sap quality. Archers and crossbowmen stood like statues atop the walls. Our captors waved, and more eagle-crested knights rode to meet us, touched their heads in some strange greeting before eyeing us, smiled as they counted our number, and led us toward giant arched gates on the east side of the city. Guards at attention with long pikes scrutinized any who wished to pass. The largest of the lot, still small by tall standards, with cruel blue eyes, the beginnings of a beard and a lofty air, stepped forward and barred the way. Yeah, papers, he rasped. The prick who kicked me pulled a scroll from his pocket and handed it to him. Spoils of Isaac's conquests. I'd slit his throat when I had the chance, just needed to find a blade. The gatekeeper nodded. Hurry him down to port. May still be able to register for Morrow's bidding. Knuckles nodded and prodded us faster. Through the portcullis and waiting gated door, it was impossible not to marvel at the absurd enormity and grandeur of the city. And gods, it was loud. Winnies tramped and people rushed every which way. Paved roads actually paved in cobblestone. And most buildings built to last. Nothing like home. The three- and four-story buildings were terrifying. Practical mountains. Everything reeked of shite and urine. Merchants and food vendors hawked baubles along side streets, and we passed a seedy brothel. Topless women, at the door, waving us as chickens pecked crumbs at their feet. A lute rang in the distance, and a clanging smithy wasn't far either. Several saps spat at us, and one flung a rusty chamber pot, but missed. At last, the port, It was huge, an endless wooden mooring. In the middle was a platform. Atop it, a silken man held the cuffs of a hulking tall and shouted to the crowd, Do I hear ten beads? Ten. Fervent hands shot up. Twenty. Several fell. Thirty. Several more. Twenty-five. Two stubborn hands remained despite the fortune. Forty. A well-dressed, mustachioed man in green cried. His opponent, a young, dark-skinned African, cured a black lip and spun on his heel, disappearing into the madness. The weasel-eyed auctioneer descended the steps with his burly guards. They led the big tall to his new owner, and colourful beads changed hands. The auctioneer fingered the edges for the tell-tale royal seal, of course, Once satisfied, he smiled and put the eagle-crested beads into his change purse with a toothy grin. He's all yours. Muscled brutes shoved the chained man to his new owner, who snapped his polished fingers. 
The cuffs. Remove them. The auctioneer's greedy jaw slacked. What? Why? Here? The buyer ran thick fingers through his dark moustache with a knowing smile. My slaves love working for me. Live much better with me than without. I've nothing to fear. What's your name? He offered his small hand to the hairy giant in an odd gesture. Not the forearm. The tall's dark eyes were weary as he peered at the man's outstretched palm. He took it. Tajek. A pleasure, Tajek. The name's William. William Wolfe. Now let's get out of here. The two disappeared and our captors began a heated discussion with the auctioneer. In the end, we were dragged to a dreary building, a bow's shot from the crude auction house. Inside was wood walled and bare, save a thin layer of fortnight-old hay. Place stank of lost hope and empty despair. But that might have been the shite in the corner. Once the knights left, we could talk. Vulgaric and Yelenic came to check on us. Yelenic tried to reassure me, but his voice was weak. We both knew it wouldn't end well. What were those sap women wearing? I asked to change the subject. The old man chuckled. Gowns. Saps believe men and women are different for some reason. Not just having babies. He shrugged. Weary shoulders. You'd have to ask them. Tired eyes flickered to the massive grates over the door and slitted windows. We had to get out of here. He wouldn't last a passing in the fields, let alone the mines. I smashed my cuffs on the hard stone floor as echoing vibrations of pain racked my body. Again before Yelanik stopped me. It's no use, boy. It's hard iron. He slumped to the floor as I pried at the bonds, brain wheels spinning pointless muddy circles, as I strained for an answer. But nothing. Not a bloody flash of nothing. But at least we were alive. It could be worse. I must have fallen asleep, because Vagaric awoke me with a jabbing prod and grabbed my hand. Merelic, she whispered. There's something I've been meaning to tell. The door thudded open, and her eyes widened. She shrank away as the auctioneer and his thugs poured in, yelling threats and brandishing clubs. Four would-be sleepers were ripped to their feet. I caught my creator's eye and gave her a look, but she was pale. A slight shake of her head silenced me as they split us into groups of five or six. What was that all about? My group, which included Jay Alec, Vogarik, and Tyreek, was chosen first. A knobbed club prodded me through the bustling streets of aromas that tortured my shriveled stomach to the ominous overhang and converted gallows. A decent crowd filled the square courtyard, old and young alike. Many watched from a distance, as if we were cattle to be weighed, judged, and slaughtered. Disgusting. Least none of the guards eyed Jaelic's swollen face. We climbed the steps toward a ball-bellied auctioneer. He strode forward and yelled to the crowd, who shouted back, a quick spiel and the action began. Their day's excitement. The end of our freedom.
Volgaric grabbed my hand once more. Merrilick, you're not really... The auctioneer's rough shove froze her tongue as she stumbled onto an elevated box. He made her spin, twirl and walk the stage, starting the bidding at fifteen beads. For twenty she was gone from my life, sold to a fat ninny on the far right. She mouthed something as they dragged her away, but what? What had been so important for Garrick had spent her last words? God damn it, I was never good at reading lips. Tyreek was next, but didn't draw much interest. No surprise there. Some haggard tailor took a chance on the old man for twelve. Without warning, a touchy guard dragged J. Alex behind and led her forward. Her face tautened and my heart froze. Don't do it, J. Alec. She walked towards the platform without so much as a quiver until the cat call started. The bearded bastard made to reach further and she smacked his hand away, smashing a chained elbow into his soft face as he fumbled for his club. Laughter and cheers from below. All right, fairy bitch, someone yelled. Send her to the mines. Another roared as the auction master hurried forward with two more guards. Repeated blows to the head and chest, down to my sister, bloody and yet still fighting. Looks like we've got another for the games, the fat slaver announced with a smile. Better earn her damn keep, not like the last ones. He grabbed Jay Alec's hair and pulled her to her feet, smacked her behind as well. What you think, lads? Me beads are on two dogs. He dropped her back to the hard platform and turned to walk back to the rest of our group as she sprang to her feet. Shuffle sprinted towards him. Dove was about to tackle him when the red arrow hit her. Caught her in the throat. I pulled forward, fought the impossible bounds, felt the yank on my manacled legs and tumbled four paces from her sprawling body, peering into the heartless crowd, searching for the bowman. Back to her expiring form. Crimson death everywhere. The auctioneer screamed for order, and Royce bounded up the platform steps, bow in hand. Watch your back next time. A smile between friends as my stomach soured, burning anger and rage, clenching fists trembling, as someone ripped me to my feet, pushed me toward the stage. Everything was a bleary haze of red. Where was Vergaric? My gaze fell on Jaelic. Head spun, saw the bowman's twitchy fingers, arrow ready, forced myself to remain calm as prices flew. Before I knew it, a guard pulled me toward the shouting mob. The body was gone, but not the pain. Not like it was with my creator. For Garrick, she'd live on, learn to adapt. But Jaelic, she'd always been the fire that raged too bright burnt itself out. Clearing my spinning brain wheels as the moustachioed man came forward, William wanted to hate him, wanted to blame him, but couldn't. He took 32 beads from a leather purse and handed them to the ruddy auctioneer as his men removed my pinching shackles and feeling returned to my bitter limbs. Looks like we'll be working together, William said as he extended a hand and asked my name. 
seemed to be the sap way of introducing oneself. I took it and shook it in the sap way. No forearm. A ninnied limp of a thing. I spun to where she'd fallen, and William grabbed my shoulder. Don't jest with me, boy. Don't even think of running. I may be a decent owner, but I can be sharp as steel. Understood? I nodded. And after two more hours of bidding, during which time he made a handful of losing offers, we left. So, where you from, Mayor Alec? William asked, once we were far enough from the crowd to hear ourselves think. Near Curac. I didn't know the name. Somehow it never seemed important until now. A slight flushing embarrassment, but he didn't ask more. You? Korak, originally, but father brought us to Adwa when we were kids. Salak to you, tall, little isle off the coast of Boot. Better for business, Pa always said. He was right. He proceeded to tell me all about his trade company. Timber to the kingdoms of North Africa and Alguro and metals and minerals from their mines and forges. With our kingdoms constantly expanding and at war, it's a literal bead rush. Weapons, food, supplies, men, good business. War. That would suit. My hand traced a long-gone sword strap at my hip as visions of brutal glory flooded me. Is that what you need slaves for? War? He shook his head. Trade, not battle. Ships to load and unload. Port work. Security. Looking to establish new supply lines. Timber's been short and our African partners want to keep business booming. We'll head south in a couple of days. A mangy brown hound skirted a carter and jumped in front of us. I leapt back, chest pounding as I fumbled for my non-existent sword. I took another step back as William moved toward the beast like a madman. Rubbed behind its hideous ears, an evil growl escaped as it licked his hand. Sire, I whispered. The wolfhound leaned towards me and I retreated further. William laughed. Oh, forgot, your kind don't like dogs. For good reason. The fangs were razor sharp, and Beric's trembling face flashed before me. His poor brother. Why are you touching it? Legs bending, readying myself. Its neck looked weak, in case it sprang. I'm petting it. She likes it. The dog moaned again, a grim smile of a thing. I grimaced, and William chuckled. He rose and led the way into a confused mishmash of newly constructed alleys and crooked narrow side streets. I struggled to squeeze through. A shouldered slog until we reached a faux gold tavern with a chested barmaid on the blue door. It stank of alcohol and piss. In here. William grabbed the wine bottle handle and pulled the door open. We stepped into the dim, dingy room. None of the candles or chandeliers lit. The place had a heavy feel and wetter stench. Barely midday, not even knack, but several skags nursed deep mugs at two round tables in the far corner. The rest was empty and quiet.
They looked up at us, and their eyes narrowed. What's it doing here? The bleary-eyed chunker asked. Several others barked similar slurs, which William dismissed with a wave of hand and a twitchy smile. Say what you will about tall brains. He's built to work a ship. Chunky nodded and got back to his beer and a heated debate about the upcoming games. Betcha they don't even last four dogs. Nah, I'm telling you, his ugly friend replied. Least six. Those tall bastards look tough. Real animal brutes. Swallowed hard as a heavy remorse filled my stomach. J. Alex's throatless corpse. Royce's royal bow. She never stood a chance. What are the odds? William asked hesitantly. Five to one. They don't make it past three dogs. Not sure about the record. No one's ever survived eight. I can tell you that. William nodded, fingers tapping before stopping himself. He headed for the back stairs without a word to the tavern owner, and the floor creaked as we stepped off the spiral steps. My feet died in the hallway as a horrific realisation hit me. A swooping fall in my sinking gut. The third floor. We were on the third floor. I'd never been on a second. Bracing myself as I peered through warped windows, the cobblestone looked at least a dozen stone throws away stomach tightening as I warred to keep the fear from my face. At the end of the hall, William produced a silvered key and opened the door to the right. We went in. Small candles in the corner, far from the dried hay, cast flickering glows. The big tall, Tajek, sat on a bench in the middle of the room, and another, a short stocky woman with a strong lip and a heft of a nose, lay on the floor. Tajek, Odanik, this is Merilek. Merilek, meet Odanik and Tajek. Soon, William left. He said he'd unlock the door when it was time for supper. Who loves online training at their organization? Just about no one. It's a hassle to create and distribute and often tedious to take. And that's because you had to cobble it together. Authoring apps learning management systems, and uneditable third-party content that looks like it's from the 90s. And none of these play nicely together. Enter Rise.com, the online training system employees love. Rise.com, sponsor for today's episode, is an all-in-one system that makes online training easy to create, enjoyable to take, and simple to manage. Not only can you create, distribute, and analyze online training easy in Rise.com, you can also get tons of training content that's beautiful and well-researched, enjoyable for learners, and awesome for everyone. And for the first time ever, you can edit, customize, and mix pre-built content with your own. If you're ready to disrupt the way your company trains employees, start your 30-day risk-free trial today at rise.com slash disruptors. That's R-I-S-E dot com slash disruptors. D-I-S-R-U-P-T-O-R-S. Perfect. And just in time for COVID when it's hard to see each other and online training is a must. Rise.com slash disruptors for more details and your 30-day risk-free trial. You have been listening to Neanderthal King by Matt Ward. For more information on purchasing the complete epic fantasy adventure or to download the entire audio masterpiece free with a free trial of Audible, visit neanderthalking.com. 
You have been listening to Death Donor by Matt Ward. For more information, to purchase the complete audio adventure, or to download the entire techno-thriller free with a free trial of Audible, visit deathdonor.com. If you want more of The Disruptors, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or go to disruptors.fm, where you'll find tons of audio and video interview stories with leaders in the fields of genetics, cryptocurrency, longevity, AI, space, VR, and much, much more. You can also follow me on Twitter at MattWardIO. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a quick review on iTunes at disruptors.fm iTunes to help more people discover the podcast and help us make a bigger impact.